Welcome to episode eight of Astro Blast. I am Jess Abbott, one of two hosts. And who else could there be? Let's see, looking around the room. Okay. Looking around. Chris Farron. It's me, baby. You guys. What? There's a really big spider. Ooh. Is is it still recording? We are dealing with a situation (laughs) where there is a, according to Jenny, a really big spider. Honestly, I saw it. Oh, she's back. She's got a cape on. Oh, oh, Jenny is. (laughs) Um, Jenny is, now she's grabbing at the curtain, looking for the spider. It's like a new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, this is, what is this, homecoming? (laughs) Hey, I bet that spider must be far from home. (laughs) Hey, Jenny better not get a hold of that spider or it will be its end game. (laughs) What are you quoting? This is all sorts of Spider-Man film. Oh, I only know the ones with um, my girl Kirsten Dunst. Hey, what is this? Jenny. Spider-Man Jennifer. 2? Did the spider, is it gone? No. It's in the windowsill. Oh, so he's just here for the taping. Yeah. Can, can we charge spider? Can we charge entry? Yeah. This is our first live show. The spider. Spider. The spider's the audience. Well, on that note, uh, don't forget to rate and review us on the podcast app. Please. Help your old friends oh, out. Please. Do a thing. And uh, we may read your review of us in an episode. And this week, I'm reading something from user Boy Named Goo, who writes, Please don't crash your car, Chris. Drive safe. Thank you. And I remember what you're talking about. <laughs> Well, he's referring to an episode where you mentioned crashing your car several times due to Mercury retrograde and oh some other things. Oh, my God. It was, well, because of that Mercury and retrograde, I just crashed my car. Today, you showed up at my door with a bowl of mac and cheese that you were eating. That's right. And I'm just wondering if how you, so you made yourself that mac and cheese, surely. It uh-huh. looked like some craft macaroni and That's cheese exactly dinner. That's exactly what it was. Where did, did you buckle it in in the passenger seat I next had it to you? between my, I had it uh, tightly... I was grasping it tightly with my thighs. You were straddling your mac and cheese. And I was never uh, eating it while I drove. I wasn't. There was a time when I was at a red light where I was like, "Mm, I'll take a bite. And so I took a bite. And then anytime I was turning, I would hold on to like the, the top of it so it wouldn't fall. I was actually pretty scared. I would love to pull up next to someone at a red light and look over at them. And just see them like staring straight ahead and then just lift a spoonful of mac and cheese up to their mouth, taking yeah. a single bite. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to write in to us Please. at our website, astroblasting.com, or at our email, astroblasting at gmail.com. Give us that sweet, sweet content for things like our advice marathon episodes that are coming up. Help yes. me help you. And me too. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at astroblasting. And also, we have a new Virgo playlist this week, available on Spotify and Apple Music or on our website under the Astro Jams section. We entered Virgo on August 23rd, around 3 a.m., so that was about four days ago at this point. Hope you've been living it, loving it. And all of my songs are by famous virgins. (laughs) They were virgins when they recorded the songs. That means you can include one of your own songs off your upcoming album, Born Hot. How dare you? I have had sex with my wife. As recently as, hold on, what day is today? Thursday? I We had sex on Thursday. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. We both liked it. Tell her to leave a review on the podcast. I will. 
This week we're talking about Venus, the planet Venus. Wait, I thought we were doing astrology podcast. Venus isn't one of the signs. I can't tell if you're trolling. I, well, I'm kind of curious. So in astrology we cover... Planets? The sun, the moon, Mercury. Oh, we talked about Mercury. Venus, Mars. Yep. Oh, okay. Jupiter. Uranus. Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, Uranus, Pluto. And then a bunch of other kind of like comets and asteroids, other like, and then points in space. Are the comets or asteroids, not, I know the comets are named, comets, comets are named, but are asteroids, do they have names? Mm Mm-hmm. Things like Lilith, Pallas, Ceres, they've all got kind of like. And they're out there. Did I say Chiron? Yeah, they're out there. They're floating. Yeah. Do they move a lot? They're definitely not stagnant. That's cool. If anyone out there knows a lot about astronomy and I'm wrong here, I just want to admit beforehand that I accept that I'm wrong. But I believe that things like comets and asteroids are kind of like, they like detach from certain larger planetary bodies and then they get lodged. They're just kind of floating through space till they get sucked into something else's orbit and then they're just like in that orbit. Does that sound right, Jenny? You went to college. Jenny, you went to college? Oh, God, we're that's so what I, That's lucky. what I call her privately at so home. Stupid. Hey, college. You went to college, you're embarrassed? What was the question? Educated. <gasps> when asteroids and comets are, are like, how do they work? They're like, fly, they detach from a larger body, right? Like a big hunk breaks off and then they're kind of flying through space till they get sucked up into something else's orbit and then they're just kind of like in that orbit. Is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. Word. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. Oh, that you might find beautiful. Sure. One of, one of the things, one of the names for the... Yes, one of the names for the gravitary, gr- gravitational force of the moon circling Earth. Uh, yes, it's a gravitational embrace. A gravitational embrace. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful segue into talking about Venus, which is all about beauty. Thanks, Jenny. Producer Back Jenny, to com for Jenny. <laughs> She's over there, god damn it. Looking at big toasters or something. <laughs> She's been trying to get AC units She's all day. She's getting industrial-sized toasters for so, toast as big as my head. So... Let's get into a little bit of the like astronomical background of Venus before we get into the astrological background. Uh-huh. So Venus changes signs roughly every 25 days. Uh, that can be longer in times. Uh, it can stretch up to, to a much, I think something like four, 40 days, I want to say. Um, but roughly every 25 days, Venus changes signs, which means that like Mercury, it's never too far from the sun. So Venus will always be within about three signs of your sun in your natal chart. Mm-hmm. For example, mine's in Cancer. My sun sign is Gemini, and Cancer is the next sign in the astrological wheel. Your Venus is in Gemini, one sign after Taurus, which is your sun sign. Okay. We'll get a deeper look at the astrological meaning in a minute, but for now, I'll say Venus is primarily about beauty. Mm. The orbits, like the movement patterns of Venus around the sun are the most circular of any planet. So its movement patterns are symmetrical. Historically, we associate associate symmetry with beauty and we associate Venus with beauty. The cycles and orbits of Venus, they're like waxing, waning, and retrograde cycles, all that kind of stuff, form the geometric pentagram shape, which we know has five points. Venus rules the five senses. We have five fingers on each hand, five toes on each foot, five major organs, heart, lungs, stomach, liver, kidneys. We I taste- six. Oh right. no. That's like some Simpsons shit. Like that three the Simpsons? Eyed, three-eyed fish or whatever. We taste five flavors, and also, if we remember, Leonardo... Leonardo taste five flavors? What are they? I don't know. You know what? Chicken? I even wrote fish, down the five major organs lamb. because I figured that you would ask. 
Well, but I, I didn't write down the five flavors because I was like, you won't ask that one. And uh-huh. that's the one you asked. Well, all right. So there's. I think like there's like. Umami. Yeah. Umami. Sweet. Savory. Salt, savory. Jenny. Sweet, bitter, salty, sour, and umami. Umami. And also, if we remember Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man drawing, the human body fits perfectly inside the pentagram. So beauty is everywhere in Venus's cycles, kind of facing around the number five. That's all I have to say about the science stuff. We blazed right through that and learned a lot about our palates. There's a razor, you you might know about this, for women mm-hmm. called Venus. Oh, hell yeah. You ever have one? I think like in high school. Nice. I switched over to that one that's all over Target now. It's like a unisex razor and it has like a- <gasps> Wait, a razor for men and for women? How, <laughs> how did they even come up with the technology? <laughs> Our skin is totally different. <laughs> Wow. It's like called Mr. Something, I think. Mr. Isn't it? Well, it doesn't sound very really unisex to me. It's green. You'll see it at Target. All right, I'll go after we record. Oh, famously, I love Target. I even sing about it in my new song, Search for Me, out now oh. on Spotify, Apple so- Music, and Amazon Music, and Pandora. And you can hear that at a special hotline, right? And you can hear that at a special hotline for the next like few days. It's almost going to be gone. One eight one zero born hot. Yeah, baby. Also, producer Jenny put out another beautiful single, the second single off her upcoming EP Night Shift, called Living Room. Check that shit out. JennyOwenYoungs.com. That's right. Producerjenny.com. That one doesn't exist. And of course, I just announced last weekish my record, Born Hot, is coming out, and I'm on tour right now. How? Right now. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona somehow. Today, the day this episode drops. And then tomorrow, I'm in San Diego. And then the 29th, I'm in Los Angeles. The 30th, Sacramento. 31st, Berkeley, California. And then I have a day off, and then I keep going on and on. ChrisFerrin.com for tour dates. HotGuyWithGlasses.com. All right, let's talk about Venus and astrology. Venus. In astrology, we consider Mercury, Venus, and Mars to be the three personal planets. We call them that because, well, they're closest to Earth, and they look at our everyday lives and teach us about our ideas and values and how we do things. Today, we're honing in on Venus and what it means for us personally. Venus rules love, our home environment, like decorating, our values, and our greatest desires. It especially tells us what the heart desires. The moon is what we need and give emotionally. Mars is the act of falling in love. And Venus is what allures us, what draws us in to show someone our moon. Venus shows us the big picture of our heart's desire, and the moon shows us the daily life inside that world that our Venus wants for us. What's the horniest planet? Horniest planet is Mars, for sure. It's all about doing, if you know what I mean. They're going to get there soon, probably then, I assume. Just making sure. Venus is more than just love, though. It's where we want our souls to rest. It's what is most important to us and how we're willing to compromise in order to get what is most important to us. Basically, what I'm saying here is when we look at the sun, it's our sense of self. The rising is what we show. The moon is how we innately respond emotionally. Mercury is our thought process. And Venus is what we really want. It's our desires and our values, our traditions, the things that we find most important in the world. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what came first, astrology or Greek mythology? Astrology came first. And then, well, uh, that's a tricky question because Greek mythology actually came from Mesopotamia, as did astrology. It's okay. You can like trace everything back to Mesopotamia. Yeah. So I don't know. 
I mean, there's surely there's a difference. There's a lot of, what of correlating things, right? Like with the gods and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think where ast- astrology started to be. So ast- astrology started in Mesopotamia as a practice that was like for scholars. It, and it was like so math heavy and not accessible to the public that it was viewed as kind of like witchcraft almost even though it was just astronomers that were like tracking the planets and then associating like cultural changes around them but it it was looked at kind of as like witchcraft so at a certain point it got completely banned except for people that were advising rulers they would have like a personal like Uh. court astrologer but even sometimes that would get you executed and we kind of see that in uh in greek mythology with oedipus uh there's like i don't know if, if you remember Oedip- oedipus at all you're gonna have to jog my memory about oedipus it's the guy who fucks his mom and then he finds out he fucks his mom so he stabs his eyes out with like a brooch or something a brooch or i don't oh, know gross um, he means to fuck his mom no he doesn't know there's like there's a prophet <gasps> who an future? oracle exactly who oh. is like who tells a king and his wife who just had a baby that like this baby is is going to kill you if you don't get it out of the kingdom. So he like sends the baby away and then like the baby lives somewhere else. Basically, long story short, comes across his dad in the street like 20 years later he as an adult. His mom and he comes across his dad. <laughs> he sees his dad in the street and like kills him. On, he doesn't know it's his dad. He, there's some kind of like challenge. You basically are rooting for Oedipus the whole time. He kills his dad without knowing it's his dad, goes and takes a seat at the throne and then falls in love with his mom. And, and they don't no one knows what's happening here. And then the same oracle or prophet guy is like, that's fucking Oedipus. I know what's going on here. And then like tells Oedipus and he like can't handle what he's done. So he like steps down as king and then like gouges his own eyes out. Which I would so probably. So he doesn't kill his mom. No, he doesn't kill his mom. He's like a good guy. He didn't mean to fuck her. <laughs> right, but didn't the guy, didn't the prophet say that he was going to kill both of them? No, no. Or just the, the prophet was just like warning the, the prophet. Prophets are like usually just like neutral people who are like relaying some kind of like spiritual message or whatever. Right, right, but right. Um, basically, those people were also always at risk too because if a prophet said something like to a king that was like you're not going to be king for very long then someone might kill the prophet so that message doesn't get out because they were taking things seriously at this point in time so like astrology was kind of a dangerous practice as well and then it was eventually appropriated by the greeks and the romans who were also appropriating um different mythology from mesopotamia and it all kind of like goes together and then it became more popularized in greece with like the arts becoming more popularized and things like that so that's where like astrology really spread and became more like known to the common man. Yeah. So Venus rules the signs of Taurus and Libra. Again, each sign I'm has a Taurus. Yes. So Venus is a a planet that you would in theory be identifying with. Beautiful. The second horniest planet. Venus definitely can pertain to sex. It definitely pertains to attraction. Mm, what allures yes. us? Allure. So we may be attracted to someone whose sign is the sign that our Venus is in. Uh-huh. So your Venus is in Gemini, so you may be attracted to this, to Gemini people. So let's do a little bit of, we're going to do a breakdown here so that you can hear a little bit about your own Venus, anyone who's listening. We'll talk a little bit about Chris's and mine and Jenny's. Just yeah, talk about my Venus? I'm going to do it a little differently this time, though. I'm going to talk about Venus interpretations by element, the four elements, and then... Water, mm-hmm. earth, mm-hmm. air, mm-hmm. wind. Fire. No. Oh, oh air, sorry. Air was right. Oh my god. Ah! There was a bug on me. 
Was it the spider? No, it was like a stupid little oh black my fly. God, this this studio that you guys you have rent no out idea what is covered in bugs. In this Venus episode, I'm gonna break it down by element, and then underneath that element, we'll do the three signs that are that element. There's three signs per element, making up twelve signs total. Let's start with Earth. Earth Venuses pertain to the sensual side of life. Mm. These people love the natural world, like the scent of rain or flowers or the woods or burning firewood. Mm. They're strongly tied to scent, uh, grounded, reliable, and steady. They find comfort and stability in knowing that business is taken care of while still being able to indulge in simple pleasures. These are people who go camping. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Love the woods. They love food. These are live-to-eat people. I've been seeing that on the internet lately. Whether you live to eat or eat to live, these are live-to-eat people. Yeah. So if you've got a Taurus Venus, then the things that are that you value and that are really important to you are food, beauty, giving to others, and home comforts. In love, Taurus Venus people are pretty sensible. They're not going to be head over heels. They crave security. They're dependent on their partner in a way that can be healthy or unhealthy. You have to kind of figure that out for yourself. And they're very accepting. Taurus people are very accepting of their partners and their wishes. Virgo Venus people value comfort in organization, perfection, and they're ruled by logic more than the heart. They value health especially, and they cannot really take criticism. So they're really valuing that someone is going to be trying to understand them before criticizing them. In love, they seek an intellectual equal. They're attentive, analytical. They appreciate simplicity and purity, and they can be timid. People with Capricorn Venus, so that would be Jenny's Venus. Do I have a Venus? Yeah, your Venus is Gemini. Oh my God, okay. So Jenny's got a Capricorn Venus. Her sign is Sagittarius, her sun sign is Sagittarius. So Capricorn is the sign immediately after Sagittarius. So you'll find her Venus there. Because we just learned Venus is gonna be in one of the surrounding signs of your sun sign. So Capricorn Venus people are private people, they're honest, they have boundaries, they're focused on work, and they love a practical environment, one that makes sense to them. In love, they keep their cards close until they let you in. They're traditional, they don't like PDA, they value privacy, and they're seemingly ageless as they grow wiser with each year. That's Jenny? Yeah, which You're seeming Jenny, that's true. You're seemingly ageless. Yeah, I I swear to God, she's like getting younger physically. Whoa, <laughs> younger, hotter, Jenny Owen Youngs. That's cool. And actually, so so Capricorn, we know, can be kind of like a a really steady, but kind of like very sensible sign. And I find that this really applies to Jenny because earlier today, what did she do? What's she up to? I was trying to read her a line from the Venus book that I was reading in advance of this episode. And uh-huh. I was like, I, there was like a sentence in it that I was like, oh, Jenny, this is funny. And she was like, yeah, what is it? And I started reading it and she like immediately tuned out. And uh, she was on BestBuy.com oh, looking at air conditioning units like she is right now. going down? Hours, Chris, hours. And I was like, Jenny, and uh, she was like, what did it say? And I was like, oh, well, it says in the book that people with Capricorn Venus like to look at bestbuy.com instead of listening to their girlfriends and then That's she what went it said <laughs> and then she went i'm trying to make a better life for us which oh, is like wow. exactly something that a capricorn venus would say <laughs> i knew it i was thinking the same thing <laughs> so let's talk about fire venus now people with fire signed venuses are intense they need intensity they're passionate they're feisty and they need approval and attention this is not me 
Right, not you yet. Did we? We're not. Okay, we didn't do me yet. None of us in this room have a fire Venus. Ugh, this is going to be so boring. There's <laughs> nothing to do with any of us. All right, Aries Venus people, um, they value pleasing themselves before pleasing others, not in a selfish way, but just in a way that they need. They feel that it's important to make sure their immediate needs are met before they can attend to the needs of others. But when they do attend to the others' needs, they get them excited about things. Um, they don't like to be alone, but they're still independent within that. They like to try new things, and they're always moving. In love, Aries Venus wants demonstrations of affection a lot. They're initiators in love, and they're very active. They like to be doing things all the time. People with Leo Venus are enthusiastic and boisterous. It's They value that kind of energy. They value attention. They can have a temper, uh, and they really value comfort and luxury in the home. In love, Leo Venus is super warm. They're entertaining and lovable, and they need praise to feel loved. People with Sagittarius Venus are happy and energized. They are always exploring. They find travel and exploration, um, whether that's mentally or physically, valuable. They find space incredibly valuable. They cannot be crowded. And they need to be able to relate to people on multiple levels. Uh, They're not focused on possessions at all as they're always moving around. In love, Sagittarius Venus is silly and fun, but also philosophical with their partners. They want to try new things. They're hard to keep up with, though. Keeping their attention is important, and they're warm and affectionate. All right, now let's talk about air sign Venuses. Hell yeah. That's going to be you, baby. That's what's up. They're inspired by thoughts, ideas, conversation, and good company. This is in general? Uh, For the three air signs, yeah. They're attracted to the mind more than the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, That (laughs) may not be extra true for you. You also have an earth moon. So we kind of pair the moon and Venus together when we're looking at love. So earth signs are more interested in tangible things and tactile things. Yeah. So looking at your Venus and moon paired together, then important things that you value, ideas, thoughts, conversations, good company, and titties. Uh, it says titties on the thing in the book, the, your astronomer's handbook? Yeah, it's called Astrology, a look at the titties of That's the what planets. it says in the book, you <laughs> promise? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, this is this is obscene. Yes, chap- It says that about me? It says cha- my name in the book? It says chapter 69, titties. Oh my God, this is out of control. So air venuses are attracted to the mind more than the body. In some in some cases, they need newness and stimulation to thrive. Nice. So Gemini Venus, that's you. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Gemini Venus values uh-huh. being able to be flirtatious and open in that way. Ooh, me? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> they love to talk and exchange oh, ideas in love. They. I love to exchange love and ideas. That's for sure. They I found va- a spider. <gasps> no. It's above you. Ah! Or it, I don't know if that's the same spider. How many spiders you got living in this house? Jenny, is that the one? Jenny, producer Jenny. Pull up mad? your police sketch and tell me if that's the same spider. All right, to let everybody know what's going on, Jenny's standing on a, uh, what's it called, a chair. And she's, <laughs> oh my God, where did it go? All right, the spider jumped, leapt through the air. I'm sure you heard Jenny make a little sound. But that wasn't me, that was... A woman who stopped by. That was some woman who stopped by. She is asking for help. All right, I'm coming. Hold on. Wait, don't move. I'm coming. Yes, narrate. I'm in the room alone now. I just cracked open a fresh Cali cream and vanilla cream ale, courtesy of Brittany Ashley. She left it at my house when we taped 
the episode The List, and I'm alone and afraid. <laughs> We're back. Wow. What an action-packed episode. All right, where were we? We were talking about me in some way. Yes, we are talking about Gemini Venus. That's right. All right, flirt. So va- values being able being able to have the freedom to be flirtatious. Wow. Loving to talk and exchange ideas and love. Valuing experience and not being crowded in any way. Mm. Really loving a light home environment, something that's clean and has sunlight in it. I like that. In love, they are looking for someone that can be as much a friend as a partner. Oh. Love it. They're a youthful companion, always trying to have fun and, and so flirt. They often, they, they engage often romantically to keep the love alive. Which actually, I was at your house this week and saw a note on your fridge that was like a, a daily calendar, a weekly calendar. And on one of the days, it was like, kiss Cassie, exclamation point. She and I went, ah. she wrote that. She did. <laughs> but that is the kind of thing I would do too. We are loving lovers. We love each other. We're always writing each other little funky little notes. I love my wife, Cassie. If you're out there, please come home. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you identify with your Gemini Venus at all? Uh, yeah, mostly. I don't really find myself to be very flirty. Chris, are you trolling? Do you think I'm flirty? You flirt with Cassie all the time. Is it flirting if it's with your wife? And yeah, if it, you it, think you can't flirt with your wife? That's well, what keeps well, it so fresh well, right, and new. But when you said like uh, treasures or whatever, the freedom to flirt makes me feel like. Well, yeah, I think if you're not it. married or if you're in some kind of open marriage, mm-hmm. then yeah, it applies in that way. I think for you, it's the it's for you to feel comfortable in your relationship being fun and flirty like that and not have the other person just not be on the same page as right. you, you know? Right, right. Having right. someone be like, stop talking about my titties oh my god yeah you'd hate that right yeah i would hate that i'm always calling cassie my little peckerhead libra venus people are extra charming they're very agreeable and non-confrontational they love a beautiful space with art and a modest aesthetic they like a clean place with a lot of art curation and little knickknacks here and there things that are special to them and uh display who they are and and their value for art yeah exactly (laughs) banksy it's a cop and he has a fucking butterfly coming out of his head. Can you imagine some of this kind of fucked up shit Banksy's thinking about? It's a little kid, but he has a gun and it's shooting a balloon. Isn't that so? <laughs> Are these up? actual it really Banksy makes pieces? Makes you think about the state of the earth and the government. Are you making them up or these actual Banksy pieces? Uh, I think I'm making them up, but it's very possible they're real. It's the Mona Lisa. She has ants coming out of her eyes. <laughs> Fire and there's ants. a friggin' dollar bill on fire in the background. <laughs> All right, Aquarius Venus. People with Venus Aquarius value freedom especially. They're eccentric and they value the freedom to be eccentric. They need assurance despite their aloof exterior. They want to know that they're accepted for being the way that they are. They're very straightforward. In love, Venus Aquarius wants someone unique and reliable. They're very candid. So being with someone that kind of can accept that candidness is important to them. They're accommodating, and they love groups and being social. All right, let's talk about water Venus, the fourth element. Wonderful. Are any of us in this group? That is me. I am a water Venus. Oh, here we go. I'm a water Venus and a water moon. So to reiterate, I'm a huge little bitch baby, which I said at some point in the past. Wow. I say it every morning when I look in the mirror. Wow. Water Venus people 
are private and guarded until they're comfortable. They're emotional and impacted by their environment, especially. It takes them time to know how they feel. They're nostalgic and sentimental. They need dark and cleansing environments. The people in the home are more important than the walls of the home. They're protective of their environment, and money and physical things aren't important to them. Not as important as the other things they value, such as the home and the family. Cancer Venus, which is what I have. They're empathetic. They value the home and family and security, and they take care of others. In love, Cancer Venuses need romantics. They're sweet. They want to build a home. That's what's extra important to them with with a full f- with their idea of what a family is. They bond for life, and their values are the most important thing to them, above money or possessions. For Scorpio Venus, these people are deep and intense. They're passionate. They're very guarded, though. They're private and they appreciate a private secluded home. In love, Scorpio Venus people are always on the lookout for their soulmate. They need passion. They're very sexually alluring and smoldering. They're super possessive and very emotional. Pisces Venus, which is Chris's wife's Cassie's Venus. Now I'm interested. Yeah, Cassie has a Pisces Venus. She, therefore, could identify with being extremely sensitive and caring, empathetic, dreamy and they love others and humanity home is where love is for them that sounds like my wife in love they yearn for their soulmate someone that fits into their escapism and fantasy provides they provide unwavering support to their partners that's me baby they're soft and sensitive and they're very romantic cassie come home please (laughs) so do you feel that those things sound like cassie yeah supportive caring wonderful great sexy huge boobs tatted up Recently got a haircut. Looks great. New style. Go Cassie, congrats. I guess that concludes the the Venus portion of the episode. Um, Oh, baby. I want to just leave a closing thought here. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. Your desire. That was the closing thought. You nailed it. You read my mind. So the the book that I, I brushed up with before this taping is called Venus. Venus by Anne Massey. And she had a really neat little part in there. That was one of her closing notes to a chapter that I loved. That inside all of us, are there are two wolves. There's two wolves inside yeah. of me. Close your eyes. <laughs> all right. Picture it. I'm picturing two You're wolves being Eiffel towered. You're being Eiffel Towered by two wolves. Okay. One of them possesses all of the negative qualities. Guilt, shame, anger. That's the one in the front or the one in the back? Please, Definitely please. the one in the back. Okay, all right. That's probably better. The other wolf is all of the good things. All right, that's nice. Virtue, peace, kindness, front. strength, all of these things. The one in the front. Okay. The one looking you right in the eyes. I thought it was being Eiffel Towered. What's Eiffel Towering? So you're, let's just say, I think you can technically Eiffel Tower a number of ways, but in this way we'll say, you imagine this. You're on your hands and knees. Okay. One wolf is getting it from the back. The other wolf, Oh, I'm giving it to the wolf? No, no, no. You're the one on your hands and knees. Okay. The one of the wolves is getting it from the back, like, oh, getting, get, getting it, like... Getting me. Yeah. Okay, I see. And then the other wolf is getting you from, like, the face or something, like, and then... Like, I have my mouth is being used. And then the two wolves are, therefore, facing each other, oh, okay, and their I paws are touching. All right, And I they look it. like the animal town. Oh, okay, I get it. And the way the story goes is that an elder is describing these two wolves to a child. And the child says, how do you know which wolf you are? To okay. which the elder replies, the one that you feed. So the moral of that story is something along the lines of, um, 
what what you value and who you choose to be is the parts of yourself that you choose to nurture. So when you look at Venus, you you can relate to your Venus and if you can associate your values with with those that your Venus are associated with. And that's a good lesson that you need to focus on the on your actual values, the things that are truly important to you and feed those things. If you're feeding the wrong things, you're not going to find that happy place that Venus wants for you. Well, I would say you should stop looking in the mirror and saying that you're a little bitch baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> All right, stop the podcast. <laughs> hey, I do the same thing. I look in the mirror every day and go, Jess is such a little bitch. <laughs> That's exactly how I want it. <laughs> Let's break for an astro probe real quick. I'm here with Ali Einbinder, bassist for the LA-based band Potty Mouth, who released their album Snafu in March of 2019. Ali, thanks for being here. Thank you. For having us, <laughs> all of us, right here. <laughs> yes, the the whole potty mouth squad is here taping all of these back to back, and I'm releasing them individually. That's uh, that's the dirty little secret for the segment. <laughs> um, Allie, what is your relationship to astrology? Um, I was um, I think an astrology skeptic for a very long time, like throughout college, pretty much. I just wasn't interested in in it because I've always been very self-analytical and, you know, I've my whole life I've just always tried to understand myself, you know. It's why, mm-hmm. like, study the things I did in college. It's always just been trying to understand myself. So I was like, I don't need some like bullshit framework to help me with that I can like do it in a more you know nuanced way or whatever but then like I think I think for a long time I just thought that astrology was a way for people to explain their explain away their problems but then when I learned it was kind of a way to empower yourself and not pathologize yourself I began to like become more interested in it and then Moving to LA, I don't know. It just became a thing that was talked about a lot more, and it became um, more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And now I actually think that it's like a valuable tool to have because it doesn't matter if it's just a framework. Like frameworks are frameworks because we need some mode of understanding. You know? Yeah, it's helpful. Definitely. I love how you put that. That's great. And you said that um, it, something about why you were studying the things you were studying in school. What did you study? I double majored in sociology and gender studies. Yeah. Cool. I just always wanted to understand myself, and but not in a way that was like, at first, <laughs> I thought I wanted to major in psychology, but then I think when I got to college and I realized the difference between psychology and soci- sociology, I like realized that it wasn't like my inner mind it was more of like just you know the whole like fabric of society and like how people relate to each other and how we relate to the world yeah because of that definitely and I think that the desire to pull things apart like that to to have deeper understanding of people and and the way that we all fit together um or live independently is definitely an age-old pastime for Gemini's. Um, yeah, I am one yeah, myself seriously. and feel that way. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. I'm a Gem- cerebral. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I'm a Gemini who started an astrology podcast. So that brings us to, to yeah, what are your big three? Um, I'm a Gemini sun, Leo moon, Scorpio rising. Okay. Question one is a sun question. What do you think your purpose is? I think that my purpose is a lifelong commitment to evolving and learning. I don't think that's something that ever ends. I think people can change, but I think they have to do it themselves. I don't think it can be acted upon them externally. And that is personally what I am committed to right now is changing like my story of myself because I think it's kind of like a very Gemini thing to be frustrated by being misunderstood like I fucking hate being misunderstood Mm -hmm. I hate it when people see me in a way that I don't see myself Mm -hmm. and what I've realized recently is I can't control how other people see me but what I can control is the version of my myself you know the stories that I'm telling myself and the um you know it's sort of it's sort of proving myself wrong in a way that like I don't have to hold on to old narratives of myself I can change those Mm -hmm. by doing things differently surprising myself not just doing things how I've always learned to do them or be comfortable doing them definitely well put. I um, also am driven insane by the idea that someone thinks something about me that I don't – in a way I don't see myself. It's and so it goes annoying. both ways. Like if someone thinks something negative about me that I don't agree with or if they think something positive about me that I don't agree with, I'm just like, how could you think that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, okay. For the moon question, what makes you feel safe? Um, I feel really safe in my room. My room is like a very sacred place to me. How it looks is very important to me. How it feels and the lighting and everything. And I just love being in my room with my cats um, Mm -hmm. and feeling like I can close myself off um, from everything else and just have that space. That is what makes me feel safe. Yeah. Cool. You have a Leo moon, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, And the final question for the rising question, what TV show or or movie character do you most attach to and uh, aspire to be more like? Um. (laughs) (laughs) I know this one's been, you knew this question in advance and it's been driving you crazy. Well, okay, I'm going to say Dora the Explorer because, um, yeah, we recently, we meaning me, Abby Victoria, us in Potty Mouth, we we like – learn that I have this kind of like natural inclination to explore. I I love I love the idea of getting lost and then like reorienting myself and just like or wandering aimlessly and then finding my way back home. Like that's very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we had a journey recently in La Quinta in the desert where we were just exploring and the world felt like our oyster and um yeah that's why I would be be Dora so uh, what what Dora the explorer universe characters does that make Victoria and Abby honestly i, I don't know the show well enough i feel like victoria would be the map the math <laughs> yeah. yeah no that makes sense cuz victoria would be the one that like figures it out at the end of the day and like 
Oh yeah, yeah, boots yeah. Is boots the monkey? Abby's <laughs> Abby's a little monkey. Boots. <laughs> boots weems. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Ali. Yeah, this thank was you. Yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. Gemini's forever. Yes, Gemini's unite. <laughs> Cool, let's get into some advice questions, baby. Time to cure the world. Question number one. This person did not provide their name. We will protect your anonymity for all time. They say, my wife is Sagittarius. It's B. Obama, it says. (laughs) It's it's O. Bin Laden. We will not not tell anyone that you're still alive. (laughs) My wife is a Sagittarius and is concerned about being a half-naked horse guy because that's not her vibe. How can we talk astrology without tarnishing her reputation? Also, how do we relight the flame? Chris, do you know what this guy's referring to? I would assume that Sagittarius... Or woman, I don't know. (laughs) I would assume that Sagittarius is one of the... It it looks like a guy who has a body of a body. A centaur. Centaur. Yep. Is that right? The associate, yep. Okay, so Mm -hmm. and their wife doesn't want to be like that. That's yeah, it doesn't want to be associated with that. And take her to free So the, the lighting the flame is a separate question, right? That's like maybe yeah. the more serious. Take her out to dinner. Go see movie. Go to the most expensive movie theater in your town. If she's a Sagittarius to relight that flame, she's going to need more than something like that. Okay. She's going to need something that's... Buy her a new car. She needs a new experience. <gasps> she needs newness. Take her skydiving. She needs excitement, Force exploration. her to go skydiving. Does she like to travel? Find a place that she's never been before and try to take her there. Boise, Idaho. We and have a holiday inn. And if 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 you're in a financial situation where you can't afford to travel to a place that she really Holiday would like Express. to go, <laughs> yeah, you you stay at the Best Western. Um, no, you can maybe do something like pick the the place that you think she really wants to go to and curate a night where you like go out to a restaurant that has that kind of food and and like dress up in like something that feels like with you know do do like a thematic date night all based around a place she wants to go and then maybe talk about. The idea present to her maybe as like a finale to it that you you want to start saving up to take her there one day or something like that. That it kind of like gives you something to be excited about and allows her to experience something new. That's great. Also, if she's your wife, then there it's it's possible that you have access to her birth certificate. Find her natal chart, see what her Venus is in, look it up, and then revisit the portion of this episode where we talked about the needs of Venus of Venus by the signs, and see if if that can maybe point you in a direction. Maybe and- it won't, but maybe it will. And if that and if that doesn't work, find her birth certificate. Freaking burn it, erase her from, and, and uh, forty dollars in the hole. You want him to put forty dollars in her hole? Well, all right. Next one. Okay, this is from Jess. Jess, you are doing this. I wrote into my own pod. Two of my bosses are fire signs, Aries and Sagittarius, and get into disagreements and arguments all of the time. How can I hashtag resist the urge to mediate their drama? I'm empathetic to a fault and would love to not feel like I have to fix their nonsense. Our office is particularly sensitive to this, so whenever they go at it, it affects everyone's mood. Ugh, I feel like I've lived in this situation so many different times in my life. Not with bosses, because honestly, I am my own boss, but um, just with people that I've uh, spent a lot of time with. I mean, I think with any job, you shouldn't allow yourself to cross into that area of like taking responsibility for the business, because... You don't have to do that. And it's just it's going to make it everything weirder. I think you got to just like figure out something that allows you to tune out, like put an ear pod in hidden so no one can see it. And just oh my like God, did Jenny write this? Are we her bosses? Oh, my God. 
She doesn't know what we're talking about. No, she's got fucking she earpods in still. She has no idea what we're talking about. I guarantee it. All right, question number three. David says, Jess, how has astrology impacted your music and lyrics? Um, it hasn't really. I think maybe I was definitely really coming into astrology, like learning about it for the first time and getting into it when I was writing my album Out of the Garden. And it like occurred to me to like do some stuff there. But I think I was like afraid to really put it in there anywhere because um astrology is so hit or miss with people that i didn't want people like i would never want to write an astrology album i guess mm-hmm. um so i guess yeah long story short it doesn't impact my music other than right now it distracts me i haven't written a new song in like years and i spend all my time reading astrology books so i guess that's how it impacts my music <laughs> The second part of David's question is, can we expect an astrology-themed prog rock concept album from the two of you? Actually, that's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Or maybe it'd be really good. I don't know. I mean, I would love it. You have to pick one, <laughs> the podcast or the prog rock album. Yeah, I don't know all the time either. But but like in theory, does that appeal to you? What is prog rock? Oh, you know, maybe that's I'm those, confused here. I those don't... are those little blue puppets. Proggle rock. What is that? <laughs> like Fraggle Rock? Fraggle Rock. Okay, never mind. What's prog rock? I think it means like progressive rock, right? Prog rock is like a duck that's filled with gravy. Jenny, what is that? Prog <laughs> rock? Frog rock. Oh, frog raw. Frog raw. <laughs> Do you actually not know what prog rock is, though? Is Rush prog rock? I'm going to Google examples of prog rock because I was thinking this whole time like Limp Bizkit, but that's rap rock. That's friggin'. I would do a rap rap rock album, but not You would do a rap rock album and you would rap. No, I would. I would want to. No, listen, I would be the Wes Borland of a rap rock album. No, no, no. Yes, Black Contacts, guitar tuned to like drop Z and I play one chord the whole time. I'm just like, (laughs) and then you rap. All right, I'll rap. (laughs) Jenny can play the six string bass. Please, Jenny. And she slaps. What what constitutes prog rock? Like, what are like characteristics of it? Annoying drums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me Google. Uh, define prog rock. A style of rock music popular especially in the 1970s and characterized by classical influences, the use of keyboard instruments, and lengthy compositions. Okay. Okay, I don't know why I thought Limp Bizkit when I heard this. <laughs> But I'm going to argue that Limp Bizkit is better than... than. I would. I mean, I have more of a history with Limp Bizkit. <gasps> what is your history with Limp Bizkit? I freaking love him. Oh. I was, like, obsessed. He made it sound like he, like, got Eiffel Towered by Fred Durst and Wes Borland or oh, something. And Sam Otto? John Otto. John Otto? <laughs> Take and it to the Sam Matthews Bridge. Sam something? Uh, I don't know that one. <laughs> That's the bass player. Sam something. Uh, speaking of Eiffel Towering and Limp Biscuit, have you seen Fred Durst's sex tape? I it's believe like, I have. It's like it's two minutes long. It's been a long, long time. Yeah. I would never ask anyone to revisit it, so don't. But if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend it once. Just once. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> well, anyway, you can see all Chris's videos at pornhub.com slash astroblasting. There's one of him and two wolves. That's right. One of him with his wife and his mom. No, no, no. That's fake. That's deep fake. That's a deep fake. <laughs> deep fake. That is not me. <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm H for the D to the stars, stars and back. back. See you next week. Oh.